different world. Talk Live. You can take control of these airwaves. Dial in toll free. Bring up anything you want. 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. It's 1 800 259 9231. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Joining you this evening, it's Ian and Meg. And we invite you uh, to the website, to the phones, uh, freetalklive.com, 800 259 9231, of course, you can bring up anything. That's the point of the program. Coming up, the synthetic marijuana that has been popular as of late has now been outlawed. We'll uh, give you some details on that. But first, Meg is going to tell us how to arrest a judge. Um, I don't know if this is successfully how to do it, but it's a way to do it. So um, out in Britain, some protesters decided to show up in support of a man challenging his council tax bill. And in the chaotic scene, uh, they attempted to arrest this man, basically. Uh, the protester who went up to challenge his uh, tax bill kept asking him, are you under you know, your oath as a judge? And I guess the judge refused to answer him. So mm-hmm. he demanded that the judge be arrested. And he went up to make a citizen's arrest. And everybody in the audience who was there to support him sealed off the... Uh, all the courtroom doors and everything like that. And he managed to arrest the judge and sit in his seat for a moment (laughs) and then order that uh, the detainee be released. And so he was merciful with the man. I see. um, Unlike likely the judge has been with other humans. Yeah. Um, And of course, afterwards uh, he was arrested. Many of the other protesters were arrested. Um, There was a sit-in around the police cars that were taking the arrestees to the jail, and so more were arrested outside. Now, before you go on, just kind of to jump back real quick to Mm -hmm. where he was coming from with that question about the oath. Mm -hmm. Um, It's my understanding that you know these judges are supposed to have an oath on file, like when they take the office typically there's mm-hmm. some sort of a a uh, an oath to usually the state or the federal government or something like that uh and whatever other principles they're supposedly swearing an oath to that is supposed to be signed and is supposed to be placed on file uh, yeah. to where you should be able to bring up a copy of this man's oath if indeed uh he really did sign one and, and swear to something now of course we all know that even if they do swear an oath, it doesn't really matter yeah, anyway because they're going to do whatever they want to. And the men with guns that will follow the judge's every command are not going to care about whether or not you point yeah. out to them, oh, whoa, 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 you, you don't have to listen to him, the man with the robe today, because he's not under oath. He's not an actual judge. But that's the idea is yeah. that, well, if the judge doesn't have an oath, then it's not an actual judge by definition of the, the whole system. And so that's kind of what they were leaning on when they went yeah, through this action. Yeah, the exact uh, quote of this man, his name is uh, Roger Hayes, and he's um, part of an anti-authoritarian British constitution group. Um, he said, I asked three times for him to confirm this, and he refused. So I civilly arrested the judge and called upon some people in the court to assist me. That doesn't seem unreasonable, does it, to, no. to ask somebody if they are under oath, if they are a you know sworn judge? Yeah, he just kept asking if he was serving under his oath, and the judge refused to answer him. It doesn't seem like an unreasonable question to right. ask. 
And, you know, these judges, it doesn't even matter if they're flat out wrong about the law. If they're, you know, going exactly word for word opposite, it's kind of what they say goes in these situations because everybody just looks at them as the high authority. So, um, yeah, it just goes on to say this man needs to be rearranged now since his uh, original arraignment did now he's got more not charges. follow through. Yeah, uh. And um, what I was impressed about is this whole arrest that happened. I think it happened because 600 demonstrators turned up to support this man. That is incredible. Yeah. Is this, where was this in the UK? Um, oh, Any idea? It wasn't London. No, no. It was uh, Birkenhead. Man, I wish we could get that kind of uh, support out here. uh, Apparently, this guy ran for office uh, for... So he had kind of a high visibility then? Yeah, yeah. He was part of UKIP. He was like, came in fourth, I Hmm. think. Okay. um, Yeah, he he had quite a following and I guess made a pretty good show out of this. Well, you know, we're on our way, Meg. I mean, you and I made the move here um, along with hundreds of other people which is an ongoing thing to yeah. New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, to come here to get active, uh, to achieve liberty in our lifetime, or at least get as darn close as we <laughs> possibly can. Yeah. And we're starting to see more and more people come out to support each other in court mm-hmm. over time. Uh, just last uh, two, couple of weeks ago, I was uh, you were there. You were at the trial for Big Mike. Oh, yeah. We were there, and uh, there were... That courtroom probably would have held about 60 people, and we had at least 25 people oh, that yeah. I recognized. We filled up about half that court easily yeah and we were really the only people there there may be a handful of folks that i didn't recognize maybe they were with the liberty activists maybe they weren't yeah. or maybe they were there for another I like trial that there's now liberty activists that i don't recognize it's, it's a good thing it's getting bigger right that's a good problem to have uh and while like our demonstrations at these courtroom proceedings like we don't stand for the judge and stuff like that it right. may not be to these extremes but they are catching on i've seen people not associated with us at all just decide not to stand for the judge as well because they just kind of Go with the pack, I guess. Yeah, and it's it's good to have that kind of effect. I mean, we haven't attempted something this large because I don't think any one of us wants to sit in jail for the next couple of years. No, but. and I don't. I don't really see the uh, the the liberty activist contingents here in New Hampshire being of that kind. Yeah, I, don't I don't see them don't going see and putting extreme. someone in handcuffs that's yeah. in the ju- the government. Yeah, it, it's sort of, uh, that's not what we want, and so why would we do it type thing. Right, you don't want to return um, their aggression with more aggression. You don't yeah. want to use their solutions to the problems that you perceive, and their solutions are violence or the threat thereof. Yeah. And we don't want to be perceived as uh, doing those things. We want to be entirely peaceful in our actions, so therefore there is no, and, and when I say we, I mean those mm-hmm. who agree with this particular viewpoint, the peaceful kind of evolutionary viewpoint want to be peaceful and and be that set that example and that way when someone looks at the situation they can see who's clearly the violent uh group that's the government people and who's the peaceful group yeah and some people say like these people will never understand what their actions are doing to people unless they experience it themselves but i think that's the wrong way to think because if you do that to them they're not going to be thinking oh i can't believe i was doing this to people they're going to think how dare that person do that to me? I got to yeah. get them back. Those bastards, you know? or something yeah. like that. So it's just going to fuel the hatred, and that's no good for anybody. I'm looking forward to the day, and I don't think it's that far off. Maybe a few years uh, here in New Hampshire, where we've got thousands of liberty activists 
here on the ground, mm-hmm. willing to come out and support other people and get out there and do activism and, and show up to courts and things like that, to where we're packing these courtrooms full, to where it's standing room only. Yeah. And that is, that, I'm sorry, that sends a message to these people. A lot of people in politics talk about sending a message uh, <laughs> with their political bills or whatever they're doing. Yeah. You fill a courtroom full of people to support someone. That and, shows something. Right. That's very unusual because typically when someone goes to court, they're either there alone or maybe they're there with their mom or dad or their their loved one like one loved Mm -hmm. one or something like that it's usually a real light turnout for most folks but to have people all across the courtroom uh to have multiple video cameras rolling to have people wearing no victim no crime shirts and that's exciting stuff and 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 hopefully more people will get involved audience members that are in those crowded courtrooms with us or like even just outside the city hall where our local courtroom is I've heard them mention like, oh, we got to see a free stater thing today. It's it's becoming a buzz. It's like kind of a show for people now. And I th- I some think people the, have mixed feelings about it, right. definitely. But the reactions I mean, are mixed for sure. When I was standing in uh, court once, there was some woman that was, I don't know, a couple rows behind me that was commenting to her friend about how awful uh, the activists were yeah. and how terrible this is. And but I have heard those people who who say things like that come over to our side once really? they go through that system. You know, they're like, I, I hated you at first, but now I understand. Like, interesting. I, I don't like that so many people are going to have to come to the ideas of liberty by going through the systems ringer like that. It's it's a horrible way to come to the ideas. You know, you should right. just be able to realize that peace is the answer and move on from there but i think a lot of people are going to have to do that get hurt and then be like oh i guess those free staters know what they're talking about the toll-free number here tonight uh, your thoughts is certainty welcome 800-259-9231 that is the SACL cai toll-free line and, and actually coming up here in uh, about 10 days the 17th is when we're actually going to have the very first jury trial of any of the, the liberty activist community that i've known for the last five years uh, that i've been you know four four plus years that i've been here that's going to be happening here in uh, in Little Keene, New Hampshire, and it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be historic, so I hope we'll get a bunch of people turning out for that, too. All right, 800-259-9231. Coming up, the marijuana synthetic ban. We'll uh, tell you what that's all about, and you take Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything you want. Just dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by jurisdictionary.com. If you've ever considered taking your case to court without an attorney, like our friend Jim Johnson is going to do here in about 10 days, uh, jurisdictionary.com is a course for people without a lawyer 
who must know what it takes to win. And for people with lawyers that want to minimize their legal fees and maximize winning by knowing what should be being done by their lawyers. It works for plaintiffs or defendants and costs less than an hour with any good lawyer and so easy that an average 8th grader can go through the complete 4CD course in a single weekend. You can get it at Jurisdictionary.com. That's Jurisdictionary. Dot com And again, you can bring up anything you want, 800-259-9231. In other news, since we're kind of talking about the, uh, the, the folks in the system, uh, first up story was about a judge who was arrested by some activists out in the UK showing incredible uh, courage on the part yeah. of the activists. <laughs> uh, in this case, uh, get some other news that's maybe not quite as good, like out of the San Francisco gate at sfgate.com. Where an Oakland police officer was fired after fatally shooting an unarmed drunken driving suspect in the back has won his job back through arbitration. According to his attorney, Officer Hector Jimenez was fired two years ago in connection with the July 25, 2008 shooting of a shooting death of Mac Jody Woodfox III, who was 27 at the time in the city's Fruitvale district. Woodfox was shot three times in the back, said his family. Now... Usually when you shoot somebody in the back, there's not really a reason for it, is there? I mean, uh, No, unless you feared that, you know, some leprechaun was going to jump out of their back and attack you or, I don't know, some fantasy land like that. And uh, it's pretty unlikely that if you were like a security guard somewhere and you blasted three holes in the back of one of your customers as they were running away from you. And seeing uh, harm to justify that, that would... I don't know. It's pretty awful. Uh, but, you know, they get their jobs back if they're cops. And that's what happened here. The department fired Jimenez after concluding that Woodfox had posed no threat to him. But arbitrator David Gaba ordered Jimenez reinstated with full back pay and benefits, meaning he gets paid for the full two years nearly, um, over two years, that he has been off the job. Yeah, from money stolen from the family of the guy he killed. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so the reason why, why, after the department had, I mean, you know how the police departments are when it comes to reviewing police abuse stories. Usually 90, you know, 99 times out of 100, these police departments' investigative teams come back and they say, oh, well, of course, he was okay shooting that man in the back. He was scared. Or they'll, you know, they'll come up with some kind of excuse. Yeah. And the police officers, we've seen story after story where they get, get away with things like murder and arson and, uh, and all kinds of just horrific crimes that the rest oh, yeah. of us... Drunk driving what? and their buddies will, like, literally just take them to a hotel room and, you know... Let them cool down. Yeah. No, anybody else, you're sitting in jail for a while, you're getting a mark on your license, you might, you know, lose other things in your life, but no, your buddies, they can just cool out. So, I mean, you really have to be talking about an egregious situation for the department to determine this man should be fired. Well, unfortunately, I think it's not so much egregious situation as it is uh, unliked personality. I mean, we've seen that You think that that he crossed somebody, like, in the department, and that's that's why? Uh, Well, I think... Well, he obviously got reinstated, so everybody was working very hard to uh, get him back. So I don't think that's this situation. But well, the only time I see a cop actually losing his job over something like that is if he was just not liked and it was a setup to begin with. That's a good point, and that may be the case here. I mean, I wouldn't say that everybody was trying to get his job back. He was trying to get his job back, and the arbitrator agreed yeah. with him. But obviously somebody in the department, as you say, either didn't like him or they just couldn't justify keeping a man on their squad who shot a man in the back three it was times. probably a PR move. 
So arbitrator David Gamba ordered him back on with full pay, back pay, and benefits. He said Jimenez had been justified in opening fire because the officer said he had seen Woodfox jam his hand into his waistband and run toward another officer. So the idea was that this other officer would have been in jeopardy mm-hmm. because the man jammed his hand into his waistband so he couldn't see. The man, the officer, was behind him, obviously. Yeah. So he couldn't see what he was jamming his hand into his waistband for. He could have just been adjusting himself. <laughs> he very well could have. Uh, indeed, Gaba, this is the arbitrator, wrote, For whatever reason, Mr. Woodfox made a decision to run in the general direction of Officer Aylworth. While this decision is irrational, the decision could have been the product of the cocktail of drugs that Mr. Woodfox had imbibed. Gaba added that sacrificing Officer Jimenez on the altar of public opinion would not bring Woodfox back. Jimenez's attorney uh, said that even though it was a long road, I'm not at all surprised by the decision. Hector was the victim of political persecution. Oh, God. As opposed to death. Death. That was the other victim there. Death. John Burris, an Oakland attorney representing Woodfox's relatives and the family of another unarmed man that Jimenez killed in 2007, (laughs) said Friday that he was stunned by the arbitrator's ruling. Instead of getting his job back, he should be prosecuted, said Burris. It was flat-out murder. This man has killed more than one unarmed man in his time as a police officer, but yet he's coming back on the force. Officer Holly Joshi, a department spokesbureaucrat, said she couldn't comment because the department had not been formally notified of the ruling. Police have said that Woodfox was shot after jumping from his car and running from police after a chase that ended wherever it ended. His family settled a wrongful death federal civil rights lawsuit against the city and Jimenez for $650,000. So, I mean, even there, it's just... Evidence after evidence that, number one, this the city's police department fired this guy. Number yeah. two, they actually settled a civil rights lawsuit for more than half a million dollars in this case, essentially admitting culpability. Yeah. Uh, and, and even despite all of that, this man has given his job back. Yeah, and this isn't like the first of these stories that I've heard of. There's actually one that happened back in my hometown that, like, there was a cop who shot a kid who was in a bad car accident because he said he was like really messed up on drugs and covered in blood but the kid had just been in a car accident you Is that know the Ford Katie yeah case? and um so the cop in that case who shot him he ended up like getting caught high on meth attacking his girlfriend oh, he was boy. driving drunk once he was driving without a license once hmm. got off every single time the family sued the cops individually and the city they won against the city they lost against the cops and here's this right. cop like committing crime after crime He's a murderer. The still city the squad, had right? to pay for it. He didn't. And he's still got a he doesn't even have a license and he has a badge. How does that work? It's the good old boys club, Meg, and that's how it works. They protect one another. The thin blue line. It's a <laughs> it's a gang. It, and that's really it's unfortunate. They used to be peace officers. They used to be people that uh, from what I understand, yeah. I mean it wasn't ever during my lifetime. Uh but uh, from what I understand, at one time they were more focused on keeping the peace rather than these mindless law enforcement activities that in, that actually increase the level of corruption of these police officers yeah. like the war on drugs. It encourages cops and to be bad. The worst part is that people still have that mentality that the police are good. And so all these crazy things that they're doing and saying people go along with it because they think of instead of authority they think morality and so they're looking at this as the moral thing to support and it's not well according to the story here this will all be solved meg uh the complaint (laughs) cited the previous fatal shooting involving jimenez as evidence that the officer had been poorly trained so that's all he needs Mm -hmm. it's just a few remedial remedial courses yeah sure that'll solve the problem he won't shoot anybody else as soon as they give him a little two-hour-long class. 
800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves here. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Nestle Toll House Refrigerated Cookie Dough. Who would you bake some love for? Find fun and easy baking ideas at tollhouse.com. Kids love doing arts and crafts projects, especially when you join in. Try channeling all that artistic energy into the kitchen and bake up some creative treats together. Think of your art supplies as the frosting, sprinkles, and decorating gels, and use cookies or cupcakes as your canvas. For more tips like these, visit us at parenthood.com slash yourfamilytoday. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features including listening options. You can connect to our live streams. We've got broadband and dial-up versions and those streams run the latest episode of Free Talk Live around the clock for you. So you can listen in anytime you want, or you can listen to some of the other methods we have, like our 94 radio stations on the AM and FM bands that carry the show throughout the week, our free-to-air satellite channel that allows you to listen without a subscription fee, as well as a, a webcam, and our listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance and listen to our streams that way. So plenty of ways to get Free Talk Live into your ears. Uh, so head on over to listen.freetalklive.com. To do that. Now, how does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and Mark, our co host, who's not here tonight? Nope. Uh, by the sure. way, Mark is, uh, I think he's going down to pick up his family to bring him back up here to New Hampshire. So he's down, oh. in, down in Florida this week. Uh, so it's not just a convention on the water, this cruise. It's an unconference where the event is what you make of it. The boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and more. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November of this year. But you need to reserve your berth now. So go to cruise.freetalklive.com to do so. That's cruise. .freetalklive.com. So 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Before we go on, I mean, there's more cop news here, including the DEA banning synthetic marijuana. But just a few more thoughts on what happened in uh, the San Francisco Chronicle reporting on Oakland, where a police officer who shot a man in the back three times, killing him, has been reinstated. Now, this was after he's been fired uh, over two years ago by the, the police department in this case, after the city had settled a lawsuit for six, over $600,000 with his family in a wrongful death uh, federal civil rights lawsuit. So after all of this culpability and responsibility on the part of the city and the, the police department and this man, they bring him back on board. And it's just anybody that looks at this should be shocked. They should yeah. be appalled. And you have to ask yourself, what can be done about this? Because the the man's been arbitrated. I mean, it's it's already over. He's been rehired. He's coming back on at some point. What can people do about this besides bitch and moan to the city councilors? Yeah, it, it just it really looks like I mean, they even said flat out, you know, we're not going to bend to political opinion in this case. And so it, it doesn't matter what the public 
outrage or outcry is, even if it was 100%. I mean, they said, we're not here to appease you. There are so many situations where the public has been, a lot Mm -hmm. of people in the public, can't call them all, everyone in the public, but a lot of people have been upset by the behavior of the police, whether it be them shooting to death a 90-plus-year-old woman in Atlanta, Georgia, uh, tackling a woman, a 70-year-old woman, for uh, having brown grass. Uh, I mean, There's just story after story of, of police hurting people that should be outrageous, that people should be uh, mad about, that they should demand some sort of uh, you know, appropriate punishment or justice for. And I think the loss of a job is at minimum the punishment that yeah. should happen. I mean, I think that murder is certainly something more serious that calls for something more serious than the loss of a job. Obviously, restitution is yeah. important there, and that restitution should come from the police officer instead of his employer, in which case this is the city which gets all of its funds from, from the people. Yeah. I mean, in a way, the cop does too. So it's just more, there's more steps involved. But still, I mean, it's not staying in his pocket at least. True. He should be the one who's emptying his retirement count out, yeah. uh, out to try to make No, now good. he's gaining it back for right. not working. Yeah, and he's getting back pay as well. Yeah. So I wish I could do that. Like get, you know, fired for really screwing up my job and then coming back two years and those two years that I took off. Oh, yeah, we'll cover that too. But people complain about, uh, Meg, our perspective on this program. Like, I'm sure you would agree with me that the government police are something that we don't need to have. And we could have instead some sort of competing agencies in the marketplace providing protection services. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just I know a few choice people that I would hire as my own private security because I trust those people. And I know that those people would protect me from Anything that, you know, came after me. I don't need this faceless group of men with guns who might bust me for something I don't even know I'm doing wrong. That's that's absolutely the case. Obviously, everybody runs the risk at any time of having the police arrest them for some nonsense. Or even if you aren't doing, even if you aren't carrying around a plant in your pocket, they could still arrest you for thinking you're the wrong person, you know, looking yeah. for the wrong, whatever. They bust into your house There's and so kill your dogs. There's so many stories of that, like... 50 within the past month or something botched raids and people killed in the process. That's right. And it's just such nonsense. This doesn't need to happen. And so the solution, and there is only one real solution, and that is to end the monopoly, to end the violent monopoly that these people have over our lives. I mean, obviously, repealing the war on drugs, that's good. That would Mm -hmm. go a long way because this man that was shot in the back three times was apparently high on something. It was running away from the cops. Maybe he wouldn't have been in that situation. Maybe he wouldn't have been afraid of the cops Mm -hmm. if he knew that he wasn't going to be arrested for having a chemical in his pocket or something like that. Maybe he wouldn't have been running. Maybe he then would have never gotten shot. And what about all the cops that have been shot in the uh, the war on drugs, And I think a lot of people who are, like, a bit messed up on drugs when they're being chased by cops, I mean, that goes to show that it's probably a paranoia in them, and it's probably completely illegitimate. Like, they... There's probably people who have been arrested while high because they were running and they didn't even have anything illegal on them. Mm -hmm. Just for evading a police officer. Yeah, just for evading. And it's just because the police have created this whole sense of fear about them. I mean, you nobody who drives down the street and has a cop pull up behind them and start driving behind them feels comfortable anymore. It's not like, oh, good, I'm safe. There's a cop here. I can't have anything bad happen to me. It's like, oh crud you know am yeah. I gonna, uh-oh now what yeah did i stop long enough at this stop sign or you know it's, i wonder i mean there's got to be somebody out there that feels relieved when they're getting pulled over but i don't know any of those yeah. people it's like well maybe if there was a murderer in my car and 
Like, if oh, you'd thank goodness. Them. Yeah. yeah, then that would be one thing. But yeah, usually it's a scary situation. And that's that speaks to what we're experiencing. Yeah. The, the fact that people are afraid when the police show up behind them speaks to what they really believe about the police. They may say something if you ask them about the, oh, of course we need the government police. Yeah. But then if they get if they feel scared when they get pulled over, then that, that kind of co- contradicts what they would have sp- what they would have yeah. said to you, right? Yeah, and it's like maybe they can justify it by saying like they're just nervous because they're going to lose some money because like th- any crime that people commit is always like speeding or parking tickets or whatever, and so they don't they just see it as like oh you got me and I have to pay you know five to a hundred whatever dollars right. and and so it's just sort of a slap on the wrist type thing for them, but they don't see that the. These little things just creep up and pretty soon it's going to be, you know, every little if you have the wrong kind of milk in your fridge, you're going to you're not exaggerating. There's video of them raiding health food stores and taking their raw milk out of their coolers. Yeah. And it's just I, I don't want people to have to come to the ideas of liberty that way. I mean, at some point, they're going to have to recognize that it, it's gone too far, that yeah. we're no longer trying to protect anybody. We're just trying to create more revenue to make this thing bigger so they can make more jails to make more laws, to make more revenue, to arrest more people. You That's know, the direction things are going. And as a result of that, you've got the most arrested, most jailed uh, population in the entire Western world. Yeah, we here, have like capita. 25% of the world's jailed population. That's sad. It's it's an embarrassment. And the only thing that's going to solve it, you know, there are some political solutions that could change things for the better, I think, because, like I said, ending the war on drugs, that would help. And making it so they can't just pull people over for stupid crap like running through a stop sign or mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, and actually focusing them back on investigating real criminals who've actually harmed people. Those are some kind of inside the system reforms I think would take things a long way toward being a lot better. But really, ultimately, the only way to make the police accountable is to abolish their monopoly and yeah. to allow people to not send them funding. Because as long as I am forced to, by the threat of my house being stolen by those very same cops, forced to pay their salary through property taxes, nothing fundamental is going to change. Yeah, but people just get worn out because they make it too dang hard to hold these people accountable. It is hard. 800-259-9231. And your thoughts are welcome. You can bring up anything you want. 1-800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building? Perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. Or visit porcupinerealtor.com. That's porcupinerealtor.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com, and we give you the features there for free. So enjoy those on us. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. The features there, you like the fact that they're free? Well, maybe you want to voluntarily support the show. You can do that. By shopping with us, you can go to shop.freetalklive.com, get affiliate links there for different Amazons across the world, click on the right Amazon for you, and then get your shopping taken care of, get your products delivered to your door. 
and get a great deal. It's Amazon, you know, dozens of categories, probably millions of items, huge selection, free super saver shipping on a lot of their brand new stuff. Go and get your shopping done and feel good because you're going to help Free Talk Live when you shop through Amazon at shop.freetalklive.com. Now then, if you're shopping for, uh, for hosting, web hosting, you should take a look at HostGator. They are a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You can create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, 99.9% uptime guarantee, 45-day money-back guarantee, and more. But start your shopping at HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com because when you use that web portal, you will get your first month free at HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. Dot com. And by the way, HostGator brings you the Free Talk Live archives. Let's go to the phones and your thoughts. Brian is listening in Pennsylvania. Brian, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Meg. Hello, Brian in Pennsylvania. Oh, hello, it's Ryan. Brian, you Ryan or Brian? Uh, Ryan, can Ryan, you hear me you're on the air. Yes. Uh, before I start, I'm an agorist business center, but I just wanted to say something real funny, real quick. Um, Last week, I listened to the Alex Jones show for the first time in a couple of years, and it just so happened that uh, they were going to the phone callers, and they said, Scott from Massachusetts. I was like, no, it can't be. And here it was Scott the bigot. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah. And, I'm uh, not surprised. He calls multiple talk shows. Oh, he does. And it's yeah. crazy because he started off his spiel the same exact way he does your show. Oh, it's the Zionist Jews and this and that. Well, they had a topic going at the time. And it was an English uh, co-host that was filling in for Alex. And uh, they were talking about something or other. And Scott calls in and starts going on about the Zionists and the Jews. And um, after about 10 seconds of that, um, the, co- the host says, well, okay then, in an English accent. And he cuts them off right in mid-sentence. And he didn't even mention it or nothing, just went on to the next caller. And I thought it was so fitting because um, – I know you guys give him a platform, but it gets really old really quick with him. Well, I, I think with uh, this particular guy, if we let him talk, he just puts his foot in his own mouth. So we don't really have to debate him at all. Well, I mean, I think there's always something that's worth uh, saying when you put somebody like that on the air, especially because you don't want to be heard. You don't want to sound like you're supporting him in any way by oh, simply no, allowing no. him to, like you said, to give him a platform. Right. Uh, we don't give him a platform. <laughs> Giving him a platform would suggest that we're simply allowing him to spew his filth all yeah. across the airwaves without any kind of, uh, I guess, you guys always response. Check, but, I mean, our response doesn't have to be much. I mean, it's just listen to what you just said. Dude. Yeah, well, I like to horrible. ask the questions. I mean, listening is important, but it's also important to ask questions in order to be a good listener. Yeah. And uh, so I like to ask questions of people like him or anybody that's particularly outrageous to, you know, continue to back him into a corner and to allow himself, as you say, you know, to essentially mm-hmm. dig his own grave. So anyway, that's uh, that's that. Anything else you want to share tonight? Yeah, I had a question for you guys about agorist business. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of years ago, I started a business with my wife. Um a limited liability company, uh, booking agents for musical bands that come on tours. And uh, basically, we didn't have the money to pay the business license fees at first and stuff. Um, so I just pretty much left that by the wayside. I'm still, I guess, technically incorporated, though I don't pay any taxes because I don't use the name. Mm-hmm. But the last couple of years, we've been bringing in bands from uh, Italy and England, and we've been booking tours in the Northeast and whatnot. And... Um, We've been doing it totally agorist style. 
But I was wondering if you had um, any advice on what we should do. Um, I mean, and when you, when you say agorist, before you go on with that, when you say agorist, you mean that you're doing all of this without asking the government's permission for any of these venues or something like that, like whatever sort of legal exactly. uh, requirements would normally be placed on your business. You are managing to uh, do your business without jumping through those hoops. That's that's what you mean by that. So what was your issue? Well, my issue is this. Um, we're still technically incorporated, and um, we haven't paid any taxes, obviously, or anything like that. And I was just wondering if you had advice as to... Um, if we're more on the radar screen just because we've incorporated yet we don't use it and we don't even use our business name, we just use our regular names. And um, What radar would you be on? Well, just like uh, local government around here because, you know, we incorporated in Pennsylvania. Mm. And I was just wondering if we're, like, in any risk or if we should try to dissolve the corporation before we keep doing this. The the only points you uh, get really at risk is, A, if you have competition in the area or, B, if uh, you're somehow on their radar radar for something else. So you're saying the competition could snitch them out if they yeah. knew about something like that. That's certainly a possibility. But you're saying you're not using the corporate name. So how would no, any of your activities... what we do is... When we call venues to book the bands, we just basically uh, introduce ourselves as representatives of the bands, as if, you know, as if we're just part of their support team, Mm -hmm. as opposed to saying what my corporate name is. Um, But just the same, you know, there is competition in the area, and I'm just afraid that one day they'll, you know, come after us if we make a splash, you know what I mean? Well, there's always that possibility. I mean, if you're going to yeah. if you're going to engage in the risky behavior of uh, you know not jumping through acting the corporate free. hoops, right? <laughs> the risky behavior of acting free, you are going to possibly face you know the consequences of those acts, whatever that those might be, off into the future. And you have to weigh those risks when you are getting involved, because of course, getting involved in the system is also risky as well. Yeah. Remember, if you are in right. the system, then they certainly know about you and your activities, and they will. They'll be eyeballing right. you and your tax returns and whatever other corporate forms they want you to fill out. And if you cross a T wrong or don't dot an I and don't fill in a certain checkbox, then, you know, you might end up with even worse consequences. Um, so I think that, you know, the risk is is to some extent mitigated by that. But that's not to say it's not present. And it's not to say you shouldn't be cautious. I mean, I'm not an attorney, so I, you know, I can't give you legal advice. Right. Uh, but if you're not using the name of your corporation, then I don't see what the big deal is. I mean, you have no obligation to use that corporation. You you created it, and if it's you want to set it aside in a file folder somewhere, it's there, but it's not doing anything. So I don't see how that would put you at risk for anything. Well, that's good to hear. Um, not actually, that I know. I really good <laughs> I've never done your done. business before, <laughs> right? I mean, I don't know what... Are there Pennsylvania laws that say you have to be some sort of a licensed concert promoter in order to oh, book a band? Yeah, laws for every little weird thing. Yeah. There. there are. Yes, there is, but they're pretty relaxed about it for the most part. I just don't want to get on anybody's radar. Yeah. But um, we feel really good about what we're doing and how we're doing it, and it feels good to just like not, you know, bow down to the state and whatever. So absolutely, there's um, kind of that moral component where you can you can live with yourself because you're not being a, a pathetic lackey kissing the boot of uh, of master. <laughs> I mean, so that that feels nice, and I think that alone, that kind of psychic income is uh, is worth it all on its own, but then there's also the added bonus of being able to avoid the regulatory structure and whatever costs go along with that, um, and possibly either pass on those savings to your customers or maybe take a little bit of increased uh, take-home uh, pay and at the end of the year. minus the headache of all the paperwork. And exactly, and however many like hours that you'd have uh, to pour into doing that. So there's all kinds of reasons to do this, 
but the risk is always present. So keep that in mind and, and be aware of what the penalties might be. And and if you're willing to if you're willing to accept those, then you can just trudge on forward and not be concerned about what the competitors do. I mean, if the worst case scenario is that you know they're going to put you in jail for 15 days or there's going to be a fine of $500 or I don't know, I'm just making stuff up here. <laughs> then if you know that in advance, what the, you know, the kind of the worst case situation could be and you accept that, then there's nothing they can do to you to scare you anymore. Does that make right sense? On. Yes, it does. And you made me feel a lot better about well, it. So. Good luck, man. I can't make you feel anything. That's <laughs> up to you. You get to choose the, your feelings. And thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. Yeah, I definitely think agorist business is, it's a scary thing, but it's almost immediately rewarding. Like when you make money for the first time doing something outside of, like any regulations, it's just the most amazing feeling because you're like, I did this without them. You know, right. it's all of mine. <laughs> right. And not that you needed them in the first place. Yeah. Nobody, they serve no purpose other than to make things more difficult for people and essentially put barriers up in front of anybody that gets the idea in their head to become an entrepreneur. They don't want you to do that. It's a difficult task. And now it just seems unattainable to so many. To start a business, you mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you have an idea, you can, uh, what, gluing googly eyes on rocks? That was an idea. Somebody sold that. And now googly people have to get everything better. Yeah, too many, like, permits and all sorts of regulations to sell your googly eye rocks. So nobody's going to do it. 259 the SACL CAI toll-free line. You take control of the airwaves. Hour 2 is next. Synthetic marijuana? Yep, they finally got around to banning it. We'll tell you about it coming up. This is Free Talk Live. Annual Mobile One 12 Hours of Sebring presented by Fresh from Florida is coming March 19th. See Porsche, Corvette, Ferrari, Jaguar, BMW, Mazda, Acura, Audi, and many other world-class racing teams battle in America's toughest road race as Sebring hosts the first race of the Intercontinental Le Mans Cup in 2011. Gates open Wednesday, March 16th. Order your tickets today by calling 800-626-RACE or visit SebringRaceway.com. See the cars and stars in the American Le Mans Series, driver autograph sessions, vintage race cars, and visit the Party Zone, featuring a Spring Break Bikini Contest. Up and coming man, Selby, Jumpman, Alluvion, Selena Jordan, and DJ Scotty B. Presented by GoMobileWeb.com. Four days of family fun at Sebring and children's club and under admitted free. Get all the info at SebringRaceway.com. The 59th Annual Mobile One, 12 Hours of Sebring. Presented by Fresh from Florida. March 19th is the date. Sebring is the place. Order your tickets at SebringRaceway.com. Brought to you in part by Budweiser, Jaguar, and Michelin. Live launching into the second hour of the program, you can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll free at 1 800 259 9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line 800 259 9231. Coming up, Cuba and what trouble they're having actually slashing down the size of their government. Uh, we'll get to that here in a moment. But first, your phone calls also the DEA banning synthetic marijuana. Doug is on the line in Tennessee. Doug, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Meg. Hey there. I wanted to uh, comment on uh, the subject you talked about earlier about alternatives for our safety. Sure. I would highly recommend people go to uh, LincolnCountyWatch.org and listen to what Schaefer Cox has to say. He's uh, put together 3,500-man militia on um, Fairbanks, Alaska, 
And there's been several times where they've had to back down the police, and they've done it. And the, the peace, police respect them, the people respect them, and uh, it makes for a much, much more peaceful uh, city. Now, Schaefer so. Cox, I've actually seen video of this guy uh, in court. He seems, or not in court, but uh, I've seen vi- uh, one of the videos that he put together kind of talking about what it is that he's been doing. It's, he's an interesting character. Um, unfortunately, shortly after I'd seen that, uh, on further research, I discovered that he was apparently being accused of his wife, or by his wife, of beating her. Uh, you, are you familiar with that? Yeah, I'm familiar with that. In fact, it's a, it's a pack of lies, and his wife was on stage telling... <clears throat> if you look on YouTube, you'll, you'll see that uh, that she says this pack of lies as well. And what, what really uh, helped him out in that situation is that uh, he warned the people ahead of time that he would be slandered in order to uh, create controversy and, and disruption. And the uh, the uh, the uh, DEA actually tried to tried to take out him and his wife and his child. Wow! So they were in hiding for a while, and uh, finally uh, he convinced the uh, locals that uh, were supporting the DEA that they could not win. They were going to lose. And they uh, they were going to lose probably all their men, and the uh, militia were going to lose part of their men. And you're talking about violent conflict. Oh yeah, there's uh, no doubt. Oh. See, that's my problem with uh, with one of my problems with that guy. I didn't realize that that was what he was uh, advocating. I understand that I understood that he was working on some sort of a militia, uh, but I didn't realize it was for no, he's, that. He's in, not that kind for of violence. He's for having the force. And having the the power to do violence, yeah, well, because that's all that the the de facto understand. They understand yeah. violence, and when when you know, they I heard know this excuse, that they can't take him out without the whole city losing its whole city council. Weren't you addressing that point earlier? Yeah, tonight, it's just uh, violence begets violence. You know, it's it's if you act violent towards these people, it's not going to teach them a lesson, and it's not going to protect you because they're going to come back full force. You know, with more backup and right. whatnot. So it's a losing battle to use violence. Yeah, anyway. well, it's an escalation. It's, he won that and, battle. He he won that battle because they realized that well, they were outgunned. Well, did they have a war, a violent war? No, they didn't. But yeah, so these people it wasn't understand a force, battle. and they told the DEA to go back home. We're not going to cooperate with you anymore. The Schaefer has done nothing wrong. Well, non-cooperation and, is something I support, but uh, threatening violence is is not. So I think that if well, you they have if you have thirty four hundred people, he, he was right. I get it. I understand, dude. I understand that the government uses violence. That's what they do. That's their tool. But using uh, the threat of violence too, when when no. when you have no people no, violating no, your no, rights, that's what's that's all that's death, happened throughout the history. Of, thank you for the call. I appreciate hearing from you. That's all that's happened through the history of mankind is that one yeah. group of people gets in control and then they use violence on the rest of the people, and then those people who have had violence used on them decide that well we've had about enough of this. We're going to gang up, arm up, and then show them what's for, and then they. You know, overthrow, yeah. and then we're going to do it right this time, and, and it, it they just use happens violence. over and over and over right. again. Because it's, if you start with violence, you can't go from violence to peace. It doesn't work. Well, it's just so frustrating hearing these calls, Meg. Because I mean, I I understand where they're coming from because I've been there. Yeah, I've been angry. I've been 
I've had the thoughts of violence, and mm-hmm. I've had the you know the crazy fantasy that we're going to take out as many of them as we possibly can, you know that kind of thing. And I'm I'm beyond that now because man, if I had the kind of support that this guy allegedly has, Schaefer mm-hmm. Cox, this guy who claimed what did he claim thirty five hundred people or something like that that's, or thirty four hundred quite a following people in his militia in a relatively small area, Fairbanks, Alaska. I mean, if if I had that kind of support or the activists around here had that those kind of numbers, uh, right now the Free State Project doesn't even have that many people in New Hampshire. Yeah, and um, the ones that are here, I mean. There's some active within, you know, supporting people at courts, but some of them either keep to themselves or do the political route or something like that. Right. So, so we're dealing with maybe dozens of yeah. potential supporters in any Which given area. Which is better area. than most. I mean, it's a definitely. lot better than most. Um, and our our people here are peaceful. That we're we're surrounded by people that although many of them may be interested in weaponry, like there are some people out there in oh, this yeah. movement that really love guns and they it's go out hobby. and they train with them and they shoot them. And there's none of them that are in a militia that I know of, at least not around here. Here. Um, so they just kind of go out and have fun, you know, shooting at some mm-hmm. targets in the woods. I think that's a little bit different. And they're not threatening anybody. They're not using intimidation tactics against the government. What they're doing in many ways is intimidating to the government, but not by virtue of it being intimidating, yeah. like not by virtue of it being violence or the threat thereof. It's intimidating in that it's it's a threat to their control structure it's a threat to the obedience training that they've been giving to everybody because if you've got as we were talking about earlier with the court situations where people go to court and they'll have you know maybe a dozen or two dozen people show up to support them those people sit down and they don't stand for the judge mm-hmm. and they don't stop recording in many cases when they're told to stop recording we've started to see more disobedience in that area um, they're taking baby steps into the realm of of non-cooperation and, and civil disobedience. And this court system and this government system exists. It rides on your obedience and your willingness to go along to get along and your willingness to do whatever it is that you're told to do by some bureaucrat, somebody flashing a badge or whatever. And once that stops... Once people realize it's all a, just a show, that's it. Right. Once people stop the obedience, then it's almost curtains for them and mm-hmm. the more people stop being obedient the more uh, the more untenable their position becomes so you don't need to have a bunch of armed toughs standing around to try to scare uh, these people with the threat of violence because uh, as it was pointed out that's the history of mankind is just fighting and fighting and fighting yeah. and, and there's only one way to break that cycle and that's to be the change you wish to see and if you want to see a world in which we're not aggressed against as peaceful human beings mm-hmm. then you have to lead by example you can't create that world yeah. by threatening violence even though they are using violence against yeah. you i understand that because you're not going to teach them anything that way i mean they're never going to see another way besides violence right I you're mean, teaching them that their way is the right way yeah you're teaching them that they have prepared themselves to use this violence and it's the appropriate action for them to take and it's not you know if you fight them they're just going to think it's a good thing i learned all this because i'm going to need it and you know they can use more force back and if you use love and peace and kindness to them, it's going to change them as opposed to just beat them. Because I don't want to beat anybody. I don't want to dominate anything. No, I just they're human want, beings. Yeah, I just want them to understand that what they're doing is no longer serving people. They're doing quite the opposite. 
Absolutely. And they're not going to listen to you no. if all you're doing is threatening them and, and saying, well, our numbers are going to be bigger than yours. I do want our numbers to be bigger than theirs yes. because that's when things really will start to change from multiple different aspects because the more people we have as peaceful, liberty-minded activists – the more difficult their position becomes because the more people you've got doing things like non-cooperation, the more people you have doing civil disobedience, the more people you have involved in politics, and all of a sudden you've got a, a sea change on your yeah. hands. and it's just a matter of teaching people that the guns will always be scary, but the badge does not have to be. And so once they get out of that mentality, they just see another person with a weapon. You know, the toll free number here tonight is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Well, one of the things that helped me along with this particular viewpoint that I've come to now is moving to New Hampshire oh, and yeah. being around other liberty minded people. Because you're not so scared anymore. That's right. Yep, absolutely. I mean, strength in numbers. 1-800-259-9231. But peaceful numbers is the way to go. It's yeah. free talk live. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpaks, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free. Bring up anything you want. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features there for free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Meg. And by the way, those features include our webcam. You can watch, you can listen, you can interact. The chat room's built into the same page as the cam, so go and enjoy all that for free at cam.freetalklive.com. That's cam.freetalklive.com. And the webcam's brought to you by Memory Dealers. MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zenpacks, and X2s that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP at up to 99% off list price. Memory dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. That's Memory Dealers. Dot com. We had somebody call in uh, not too long ago talking about the, the idea that in order to make a difference, we need to have people that are armed up and, and ready to rock and roll and, and kill some government agents. And I highly, highly disagree for the reasons that we were yeah. talking about in the last segment, um, but mainly because uh, violence begets violence, and I don't want to contribute to that. I also don't want to lower myself to the level of the people who would use violence, even though completely makes sense and i understand the rationale yeah, people see it as a self-defense thing and right. uh, you know in a way i understand i used to be there I, i'd felt you know these people are using violence against me and my family why can't i you know use violent self-defense if that's what's necessary but then i realized you know what it's not the violence that's the problem it's the air of legitimacy well right and one of the reasons why you can't 
first of all, I don't think you should use violence because I think it's lowering yourself to their level. Oh, yeah. You're, 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 you're su- suggesting that violence is a solution to problems, and it's not. Um, but beyond that, uh, you're also – it's untenable from a kind of a, a – I guess a PR perspective as oh, well yeah. because yeah. of the legitimacy aspect that you mentioned there. Uh, if you use violence against people calling themselves the state, you then will be labeled as a crazy loon. And, uh, you know, talked about in newspapers and on the media about how crazy you were for doing these things. And indeed, it is crazy because you will likely be killed. Uh, I mean, this guy was talking about this gentleman in, I guess, uh, Alaska that has put together some kind of a militia with ostensibly over 3000 people in it and just kind of talking about, well, if their guys go up against his their guys, then they're going to be, you know, they're going to lose all their guys and blood battle and and somebody's going to and the other side's going to lose some of their guys. And we're talking about human beings with yeah. families here i mean this, is, this isn't a video game expendable is not an option you know it's you need to fight these things with ideas not with violence right and if you've got those kind of numbers think about all the creative things you can do i mean we yeah. talked about a moment ago in uh the uk and i don't support this particular tactic either mm-hmm. of arresting a judge with yeah. 600 supporters in a courtroom but with 600 people, you can fill any one of those government chambers and have a sit-in and you can, yeah, you know, block their... Yeah, just everybody turn their back to the judge during, like, when he walks in and just never face him. I or mean, block that would... the doors. Don't let the judge in the building. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's all kinds of things that, like, right now I can't even think of because I've never even had the ability to have that kind of level yeah. of activism. Like, w- what we've seen, Meg, here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project with literally hundreds of people so mm-hmm. far made the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Project, we've seen the increase in, in activism be spectacular because we have more options, because we have more people. Mm-hmm. And if you have even more people, your options expand. And all of a sudden, you've got things that you can do that you couldn't do before yeah. that are entirely peaceful, but yet throw a monkey wrench into the workings of the yeah. system. I mean, when I first moved here, I would have never guessed that within two years of moving here, I would see a smoke out in a police lobby. Oh, it was amazing, wasn't it? Well, I was actually in back um, the, doing something else, but I, I you know, I wasn't I walked, there either, but yeah. I saw the video footage and I was there the day that the smoke out happened outside the police oh, yeah, lobby yeah. on the police department. And uh, they were just street. sitting around and not letting the cop car go through. Yeah, the, just, the picture of that's at the top of freekeen.com. Yeah, and so. it's just like, I would have never guessed that that was possible I when saw, I first moved here. Like, I, I, I could have envisioned some sort of mass uh, cannabis I disobedience. Eventually, but I mean, the locals just hopped on board with that. Yeah, I mean, well, I knew that there was going to be some sort of mass cannabis disobedience at some point, but I certainly didn't realize it was going to take that form. Yeah, uh, of the, in of the, the lobby. Right. Well, no, the reason that happened it deserves to be explained. The oh, reason yeah. that happened was because they arrested one of our friends, mm-hmm. one of the activists, at the actual protest. So the protest wasn't happening at the police station yeah. or the celebration, the 420 celebration, was not happening anywhere in the vicinity of the police station. It was happening in downtown Keene. Mm-hmm. The cops came in. They wanted to make a make a scene and make a show and target one of the the perceived leaders so they arrested uh, rich paul in that case and then 50 people from the hundred or so folks that were in the central square that day walked down to the police department at that point yeah and i might add uh some of us were eating brownies while walking past the hops that were kind of watching the parade go by and i don't think they realized what we had special brownies oh yeah gotcha (laughs) So yeah, but that was a that was a reaction. It wasn't part of the plan. No yeah. one had no one had said, "All right, if somebody gets arrested, we're going to go to the uh, yeah, police station." It's and- just the cops. Uh- 
you know, brought the party to themselves, I guess. Right. So there are all kinds of options if you've got numbers on your mm-hmm. side. And it's a shame to see people who could get numbers on their side leaning toward violence yeah. as their solution. It, it just it seems like such an easy option. And it does when you're aggravated by what the government's doing and, you know, you really want to make a show of it, you're going to put all your efforts towards something. It seems like the logical thing to do would be whatever would have the most effect. And violence is obviously the first thing that people are going to think of. That's it's what like, we're taught, right? Yeah. I mean, it's like if I put a gun to your head, you're going to do what I say a lot faster than if I just ask you to do it, if it's something you don't want to do. So, you know, it, it seems like the f- easy first step. And I just wish people, I know it's hard, but... The, the road less traveled is yeah, uh, usually worthwhile. It's going to... It's going to take some time, but let's, it'll be worth it. Let's continue here with your thoughts. Uh, Vince is listening to WXNT in Indianapolis. Hello, Vince. Hello, Megan. Ian, how hey. are you folks doing Just tonight? great, Vince. What's on your mind tonight? Listen, I was talking about your your issue here of violence. I think sometimes the violence comes about because people don't feel they're getting justly treated. I mean, I'm not going to agree with that guy up in Alaska, but, I mean, can we talk about, you know, when people get robbed? And then they, yeah. And then they defend. You know, they they have a weapon and. Oh, I know that feeling all too. Like I've been robbed a, a few times, and I got LoJack on my laptop after the second time it was taken, and mm-hmm. I actually wanted somebody to steal it so I could hunt them down and beat them mercilessly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I was, I, I do not like that feeling of being robbed, and so. For many years, I was just like, somebody take this thing so I can find you and take out all my aggression for all that. Well, I think it's one thing, Vince, when you have an individual you know, climbing through your window at night in hunt of uh, cash so they can buy their next crack uh, fix who's you know holds you holds you up at gunpoint or something like that if you're dealing with somebody that doesn't have the aura of legitimacy and your life is in imminent danger then it makes sense to defend yourself mm-hmm. in or your family in that particular circumstance so I don't, I don't blame anybody for utilizing violence in an absolutely you know live or die situation uh, but most people don't come come down to those yeah, situations but this is more a retaliatory feeling because the cops you know like even when they arrest you unless you act or they act really out of line you're probably not going to get going to get killed yeah Yeah. that's true thanks vince for the call appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231 your thoughts are certainly welcome you can also bring up whatever you'd like 1-800-259-9231 this is free talk live Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated talk show on more than 90 talk radio stations from Maine to Hawaii. We've been named Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our 90 plus stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for as little as $500 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up anything you want. Dial in toll-free. Take control of these airwaves. The number, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. Still to come, the DEA banning synthetic marijuana. We'll give you the latest on that and um, more. Actually, more news out of Cuba about some of the changes they're attempting to go through over there. Uh, 1-800-259-9231. Joining you this evening, it's Ian. And Meg. By the way, Free Talk Live is brought to you by SACL CAI. They have a full-orbed approach to account recovery. It's really three companies in one. They do collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. 
SACL knows the way they treat your customer reflects on you. So their staff is respectful, they record every call, and they have the best equipment money can buy so your business is handled as efficiently as possible. See their banner at freetalklive.com. That is SACL, C-A-I. It's a banner right there at the top of the page as we continue to take your phone calls. Let's talk to Frank in New York. Frank, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Meg. Uh, good evening, Ian. Good good evening, Meg. Hey, Frank. Yeah, I wanted to say something uh, in light of 20th century history. Uh, I was thinking about Michel Foucault's uh, wonderful work regarding, you know, the uh, hegemony of power and the notion of legitimacy in uh, enlightenment or post-enlightenment rationality. Uh, sort of uh, slash capitalism. And I'm thinking back to Madness and Civilization, his master opus, where he actually talks about uh, the fact that a monopoly of violence exists with, you know, government. Uh, And I know he was sort of talking about the French Revolution and, you know, different things. But what's interesting uh, governments always want to have the monopoly on violence mm-hmm. so they can coerce the people or so they can, quote-unquote, keep the peace or they can create stability. But if you look at people complying with the authorities, especially in the Second World War regarding European Jewry, that actually sort of like went quietly, for the most part, off to the concentration camps and gas True. chambers without really resisting. And you had two major events of resistance. One, the Warsaw Ghetto riots, whereby about 59 or 71 young Jewish radicals uh, fought the German SS and the army for about two or three weeks with something like 72 handguns and 20 rifles. I mean, very interesting. And then you also had uh, Treblinka, the revolt, where the inmates were able to escape. But I think you have to, rather than just sort of define violence as evil and wrong, I think you have to understand it within the context of history and political action. I didn't say and it was evil. I didn't, hold on. I didn't say it was evil, Frank. I just well, said that I think it's... that's the message I'm getting, though, from, from, from you guys. And yeah, I, I, I don't think it's... more the initiation. Like, if you're in direct, like, if I'm going to be killed at this exact moment, yeah, I might... Uh, take some action to defend my life, maybe even involuntarily. It's just a natural reaction to it. It's not evil. In a sense, the violence is one method that actually puts those in power in check. And to blatantly give it up or to to define it as evil is really wrong. And that will only allow for a stronger totalitarian will to destroy Mm. the ancestry freedom of citizenry. Repeat? I don't think it's a way to put them in check, though. I think it's a way just to threaten them back. No, no, it puts them in check. Uh, I think you, you'll notice that uh, in the post-World War period uh, of Europe, with Reconstruction, especially Germany, Italy, uh, the fact that you had wealthy aristocrats, uh, in a sense, uh, not exploiting the masses because you had a huge group of people that could easily have, have uh, sort of turned on the power elite. So as a result, you know, uh, there was a but lot of... But that same group of people, of Frank, they wouldn't have me, to risk their lives. If they have a group of people that is willing to risk their lives, then they don't have to go that far by using violence. They can just stick their, you know, their things in the gears of the state by monkey wrenching and refusing to yeah, obey. I, I think it's more making people realize that 
instead of like this whole government coming after you, it's just another guy with a gun. And once that barrier is down, then you can say like, well, I'm defending myself because then it would just be a crazy guy with a gun. And then it would be less likely that you see that happen because the men with badges are only using their guns on you because they feel like they have legitimacy and they feel like they can get away with it. Of course, they're right about that. Frank, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. All right, quick. One other comment before I hang up. Go quick. Hello, and that's it. Uh, I wanted to say that I think if you understand sort of the radicalism of the 1960s in Europe, the Bader-Meinhof gang, the Red Brigades, different things, uh, you'll understand why, you know, so many freedoms were given to the masses, you know, that we certainly don't have here. And I have the feeling that the power elite, knowing some, some of the people very intimately, what they are afraid of is violence. They're afraid that something will happen to them or they'll lose their privilege. And, uh, you know, well, you that's only have... one of the things they're afraid of. I thank you for the call tonight, okay. Frank, and I appreciate hearing from you. Yeah, Who's like, not afraid of violence? They I mean, have to lose their legitimacy before the violence becomes an issue, though. Becomes, before it becomes really effective. Yeah. Uh, but everybody's afraid of violence being used against them. I mean, nobody yeah. wants to be clubbed in the head. That's but no fun. But I also fun. don't want like to be struck by lightning either. I mean, that's a real possibility in this but, world. So. But one other point we didn't make, I think, is that these people are trained to handle violence. Yes. This is what they expect. The power elite he was talking mm-hmm. about have their police forces and their security forces, and they're trained for violence, but they don't know how to handle a peaceful group of, uh, of folks who are going to do things that are like completely based in peace. Mm-hmm. You, you know, to go back to Gandhi and some of the, the things that he did, that the, the police, they don't know what to do. They lash out in violence as a result because they don't know what else to do. That's their only tool yeah um so yeah yes it's true that these people are afraid of violence but they're also even more afraid of losing their legitimacy and violence violence will not help them uh, on your side using violence will not help you in your case if you want them to lose legitimacy yeah because violence is a one-time act i mean the first time you pull it out that's your one time that's all you get because then you're either going to be in a jail cell or or somebody's going to be dead whether it be you or the other guy i mean it's a one-shot thing. And with peace, I mean, a lot of the cops around here don't know how to react to it. I, if we were being violent, we'd all be in cages right now and the problem would have gone away. But because we're not violent, all they can do is really, you know, act creepy. Right. We'd have – if we were – if the activists here had been violent, uh, we'd have some dead activists on our hands. Oh, yeah. We'd have other activists that are in cages. And we'd have a bunch of people around the world who would find it very upsetting yeah. uh, what was going on we here. We wouldn't have brought in any support right. for sure. I mean there would not be – the growth that there is since I would not have video. moved here had uh, no. had I seen video footage coming out of New Hampshire, people moving here for the Free State Project and you know busting caps, yeah, uh, or you know I don't engaging be a part in, of that, right? Engaging in some sort of a group beatdown of a police officer or something like that. I would have absolutely no interest in uh, in coming here. That would not be exciting to me yeah, at all. It's nothing. Uh, new or different i mean we've seen that happen right i don't want to join a gang yeah and it it doesn't work it all it does is get sympathy for these guys that's right because they're the heroes yeah that's what people see them as there's a big parade for this you know poor injured i've seen police dog funeral parades Mm -hmm. i mean that's how sad this is they're their brother with a tail yep. gets a parade but you know the guy that that one cop shot i'm sure he didn't get a parade absolutely not (laughs) And how many of their names can you remember? There are only a few, right? Yeah. Like 
the the most ultimate of crazy crazies like blowing up buildings timothy mcveigh that yeah. kind of guy the killdozer guy i don't even remember his name yeah, but you remember it? what he did he armed up this uh tractor and goes around and just starts a bulldozer and just starts uh running through buildings and blasting a machine gun out these machine gun ports yeah. uh, that he put i mean that guy but is it's crazy. always a one-time thing i mean you get your one shot and if you screw it up you screw it up so 1-800-259-9231 uh i understand that a lot of people are angry i get it i've been there I've had the anger, and I still do sometimes experience yeah. anger, but I know that I don't want to be that person. That's not, that's not the direction I want my life to go. I don't want to be that person that's constantly angry at the things that I see around me. And I certainly see enough. We talk about enough things on this program on a nightly basis yeah. to drive you absolutely bonkers. And then people send it to you all the time once you get into this stuff, and you're just like, I don't want to see it anymore. Yeah. So uh, I get it. But I've left that behind, and I actively choose to leave that behind. It has to be a daily choice, too. You take control here at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Again, it's about, like Gandhi said, being the change you want to see. Do you want a peaceful world? Well, you're not going to get there through violence. It's Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. Dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. The number, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. It's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features there for free. Uh, the Amplifier program is available for you. If you want to support the show financially, you can do that. Get perks like access to the AMP-only call-in lines, the AMP-only podcast and forum and more go to amp.freetalklive.com most importantly we'll take that your three bucks a month that's all we're asking for three uh we'll take that three dollars a month in we'll reinvest it into the show get on more radio stations around the country just got a new agreement from a station today can't mm-hmm. quite yet announce it but they should be starting up in the next uh, month or so in tennessee yeah, that's as much as i can say and so it's you guys are making it possible you who are amplifying the show at amp.freetalklive.com so thank you for that uh, anyway, let's get uh, to the Porcupine Freedom Festival. You can go to porkfest.com, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T.com. Get registered for what is going to be the biggest liberty-oriented event of 2011. How can we say that so uh, for sure? Well, it was pretty awesome last it's year. awesome. Yeah, it was over and 800 people last year. <laughs> There are going to be more people there likely this year. as It just keeps building and, and growing every single year. It happens at the beautiful Rogers Campground in the White Mountains of New Hampshire. It's an incredible location, but more incredible are the people, the human beings that you'll meet that love the ideas of liberty, where, as it was uh, described, we had some visitors here in Keene over the weekend, and it was described by them like they felt like they had, I'm paraphrasing, that, that they had uh, met their family that they had never known. 
mm-hmm. when they were here because they had such a positive experience because they're able to uh, connect with people on a level that is really unusual when you first encounter people at the Porcupine Freedom Festival like 90 99% of them are going to totally you know understand where you're coming from the ideas of freedom yeah and suddenly you know the 30 minutes you have to add to all your conversations with people explaining your you know, ideals and backgrounds and everything that just gets cut out and you can actually talk about things that you want to talk about. Yeah. It's it's just an amazing group of folks. And I highly recommend you come out if you can, it's going to be June 20th through the 26th. Free Talk Live is going to be there. Meg, you're going to be on site yeah, as well. I'll be there. Um, party, partying, I'm sure, quite uh, a bit. Yeah, I'll kind of be there. Yeah. <laughs> you will physically I'll be present. Be physically there. <laughs> you can find me. But there's not just parties. Uh, there's family or, uh, family organizations that are having activities for I'll the kids. I'll be avoiding those. <laughs> right. Uh, there's also agorism in action. So underground businesses, people selling food without permits and uh, stuff I'll like that. I'll be doing kind of that, but not paying attention. I'll so be much. buying food from yeah. those people. I'll be looking forward to that because there was some really great food there last year. Um, so there's games and there's activities and there's cookouts and there's mm-hmm. campfires and there's, you know, all kinds of fun. It's getting to the point where there's too much to do. Well, that's why it's now a week-long official yes. event. So you can spend a whole week uh, with your Liberty friends, the friends you don't even know yet, uh, that are waiting. will be waiting to meet you at Porkfest. Go to porcfest.com. Get registered. Use our discount code to save 20% on the early bird registration, any T-shirts or flags. The code is Free Talk Live. No spaces in there. Just Free Talk Live is the code. And go to porkfest.com to get registered. So uh, we continue taking your phone calls about what you want. Robert is in Louisiana Robert, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Meg. Yes, sir. Uh, how y'all doing tonight? Uh, great, Robert. Uh, What's on your mind? Well, I was wondering. I, li- I was listening to your podcast from February 9th or 10th. It was about the Zeitgeist. Zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. It's a series yeah. of films that are available free online for folks, and it's. Well, to to summarize it, I I will take uh, what Stefan Molyneux called about their latest film. What he called it, uh, Ze- I guess, Marxism with robots. So go ahead with your thoughts. Well, I haven't seen none of the films, but I heard the guy that they had called in from South Dakota, you know, defending him. Y'all talked to him for about an hour? Yes, sir. And it kind of sounds like Gene Roddenberry's, uh, you know, vision of the future a little bit. That's what it kind of sounded like to me. You know, that's an interesting observation because Robert Roddenberry was essentially a communist, wasn't he? I don't know. I didn't know that. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if he actually was like out and out a communist, but the the vision, I believe, from what I understand from Trekkie types, and and Meg, you're a Star Wars fan, not a Star Trek fan. Yeah. Um, But from what I understand from Trekkie types, it it was a very communistic kind of vision for the future. But I'm sure a Star Trek fan could call and and really clarify that for us. But I see where you're coming from, like with the like with the replicator machines uh, that they had in Star Trek. That similarly, they were talking about in the Zeitgeist film, this sort of robot city where robots make everything and do everything and like keep you alive. Yeah, it just sounds like the first steps to the Matrix movie. Mm. I don't know. (laughs) Your thoughts? Yeah. Well, I just it just sounded good on the outside, like you said on on that program, Utopia. You know it. I don't know. Maybe it ain't, but it just. I don't think utopias actually exist. No, certainly they don't yeah. exist. Um, but right. Meg, are you, are you familiar, Meg, with what he's he's talking uh, I've about? I've seen here? the first Zeitgeist movie. I haven't seen like all the. I know there's been updates and new ones. The first site. There's been three. I haven't seen the second one. The yeah, first I, I one. saw the one that was like uh, it hit on religion and then right. government and then nine eleven. 
Yeah, it was weird. That it one, was just like thrown out of left field. Oh, yeah, by the well, way, conspiracy. Right. What was it? Religion, the Federal Reserve in 9 11 or something yeah, like that? Yeah, something. And, uh, and I mean, it was interesting. Yeah, they, I was thinking it was well done. It's a very capable yeah. film, no doubt about that. Uh, and I had agreed with its points on, on religion and organized religion oh, yeah. in general. I'm not such a fan of the conspiracy uh, movement necessarily, but. Then the third one came along, which is the new one, and it is essentially this this filmmaker's vision for what could be, for what he would like to see happen, and that's great. I'm, you know, I like that people have ideals and, and that yeah. they want to work towards them. Unfortunately, his vision is essentially a you know forced, presumably forced communal kind of ideal because mm-hmm. he's talking about having the entire world uh, essentially run by a computer system. And having these centralized cities that are built in concentric circles that are operated by robots where everything is made by robots and it's a computer that decides where to send the resources that are maybe mined in one place and manufactured in another. And like, and there's like a lot of intricacy to this, but yeah. essentially it would require everybody being forced to participate for his vision to work. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, what's he going to do with, you know... People in wheelchairs or the mentally ill, how are they going to be participatory in this? Well, you won't have you to know? participate. The robots will take care of you. Okay. Robert, okay. your uh, final thoughts on this? I was just going to say, I, I just like the idea of, you know, mankind ain't at war, you know, no illness, no disease. That kind of like Gene Roddenberry's vision. That That's what I, my point is. That's what I like about it. I know that never will happen, but it's just a nice thought. Thanks for the thoughts and the call tonight, Robert. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. No doubt. I mean, I want to see a world where people are not fighting, and I want to see a world where disease has been eradicated. I mean, that would be wonderful. Mm. But I know that the way we're going to get there, if we get there, is not going to be through coercing people into a system with which they disagree. Mm. And, like, if I don't want to join the little robot world where – not I'm not opposed to robots, but yeah. where this man has this particular vision for how everything should be organized and that it should all be centrally controlled from some central computer. If I don't agree with how the programmers decided to program that computer and yeah. I don't want to go along with it, what's going to happen to me? That's never answered in his film. Yeah, and nobody ever answers the question, you know, what if you don't want to participate? Whenever somebody comes up with an idea for the future, it's like, okay, and – For those of us who don't want that, what's our option? Right, which is why it is a utopian solution is what he's proposing in Mm -hmm. the Zeitgeist film. And you can watch it for free online if you want to waste, you know, three, two and a half hours of your time. I've got plenty of uh, time to waste. So well, sure. Mark's, Mark's response afterwards was he wished he could have had his two and a half hours back. But I think it's, it is interesting to spend time on it to see what's so popular because this guy is very popular and mm-hmm. his films are very, yeah, very popular. I, mean, I get sent clips from him all the time. But so. in the film, he claims that he, he expects people will call his vision utopian, right? Mm-hmm. And he disagrees. He doesn't think it is. But it clearly is because it requires everyone's participation. Yeah. And that is completely unrealistic. I mean, one of the... Uh, provisions about this world is that there's contrast and that there's difference you know we have hot and cold we have light and dark we have people that believe different things even within the liberty movement and uh, let me tell you this could not be more of the truth right now we have people who have different opinions in Mm -hmm. the free state project we have people who don't even get along with other free state project members and so there's no way for any one idea to get 100 percent 
backing. The it idea that it could is entirely utopian. Yeah. And that's why... That's this, what a utopia is, and that's why it's unattainable. It's completely unattainable, and I wouldn't want to live in that world no, where that everyone so agreed boring. on everything. I mean, I would. it would be like living with clones of myself. I mean, yeah. now, come on. I know myself well enough. I don't need to <laughs> you know, have clones of me around. I don't want you to think exactly the things yeah. that I think. And there would be no progression after that, because if everybody thinks the same thing, does the same thing, acts the same way, you know... Then they have what they want, yeah, right? Yeah, well, then nobody's ever trying something new. Right. Like, there's no stepping outside. And so after there's no more creativity, there's no more progression. So the brilliance of what uh, the free market offers, which we don't have, I know people like to call today's yeah. world the free market, sorry, no, as long as there's people using the threat of violence, coercion, as the government does, mm-hmm. you don't have freedom. Um, but the, the brilliance of the free market is it encourages people to be different. You can be as different as you want to as long as you don't hurt somebody else, mm-hmm. as long as you don't aggress against another. Uh, you can be as different as you'd like and live together with the people you want to live together with, do what you want to do, run the business you want, organize your your neighborhood how you want. Uh, if you want to do your little concentric circle robot world, go ahead. Just don't force yeah. me to participate. We'll see you coming <laughs> up here in hour number three. This is- It's the shirt you wear most. An essential in any professional man's wardrobe. It's the white dress shirt. And for over half a century, the Paul Frederick White Penpoint Oxford Dress Shirt has set the standard for quality, comfort, and style. It regularly starts at $40 or more. But we're so confident that it will become your favorite shirt, we're making it available at the exclusive introductory price of only $19.95. Go to 1995shirt.com and choose our classic button-down with button cuffs or our traditional straight collar with either button or French cuffs. Choose from regular, trim, and big and tall sizes with 55 combinations of collar and sleeve lengths for an exact fit. Order today and you'll also receive free monogramming and $8.50 value. Go to 1995shirt.com right now to order your Paul Frederick White Pinpoint Oxford dress shirt for just $19.95. Enter promo code TUCK. That's 1995shirt.com. Promo code TUCK. Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program, and we invite you to take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And May. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features for free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Main feature of the site allows you to control the content. So if you find something online that you want to share with our listeners, you just submit the URL to our website. Our system checks to see if it's already there. If it's already there, it lets you vote on the one that's already in the system. If it's not, it goes into the system, and then others can vote on whether they like or dislike your suggestion. You get to vote on things, too. And the most voted of make it to the front page in the top of our website, meaning more people see them, we're more likely to see them, talk about them on the air. So you can influence the uh, the show prep for the this program by going to freetalklive.com and getting involved there. Of course, the system is completely free. The website is free. Let's go to your phone calls. You can bring up anything. Uh, the DEA's ban of synthetic marijuana still to come. Cuba, an update on what's going on there. Uh, but first, Nick is in Illinois. Nick, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Meg. Hello. Hey, Nick. I'm a big Star Wars fan rather than a Star Trek fan, okay. but I do know enough about the Star Trek mythos to know that Zeitgeist is basically Gene Roddenberry's vision of utopia. Hmm. But one aspect of that utopian ideal that has always displeased me, and it always left me dissatisfied whenever I, I watch Star Trek, is this vision of a world without money. 
I like earning mm-hmm. money. In my current situation, I don't even need to earn money. I get a stipend, but I want to earn money. It means I can get more stuff, can give more away, can buy more of the tastier kinds of food. But also, in a way, it's satisfying all by itself. Speaking as a game designer, I can tell you that there is some aspect of human behavior that absolutely loves the sense of accomplishment that comes with earning money or earning something. Personally, I think that most utopian ideals are simply not very well thought out. Even video games feature fictitious currency for the player to earn, just as if they were doing a real job, albeit a really fun one, mm-hmm. but, uh, but it's cloaked in a context of doing something that's enjoyable. Uh, in fact, do you remember that one guy who mentioned that he stopped playing video games after he started pirating them and got them for free? I don't recall that, no. It was a few nights ago, or a week ago or something. Well, that's a, <laughs> well-known, psycho- that's a well-known psychological phenomenon. Uh, paying for something makes you value it more. That's true. And, and that makes you more willing to devote time to it, because time is the one resource that can never be gained back. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that myself, is that is that when I spend money on some, like, even if everything in the world were free, you would still have to, you would still have to, to, to ration your time to, to spend on things. That's true. And you feel like you get, you're so much more willing to devote time to something if you had to, if you had to pay money to earn it. I agree with but that. The, you've got skin in the game, so to speak. Uh, and this is something that I learned fairly quickly when I was doing libertarian outreach about a decade ago. Uh, when I would kind of we would be running like a table at say the uh, the, the gun show or gay and lesbian pride fest or the mm-hmm. the county fair, and I would have different things to give to people. My original idea was I would you know well give away some pamphlets or whatever, and that did not work because uh, what ended up happening is you walk around the event afterwards and you'd see them in the trash cans. And so it just made me feel like I was throwing my money down a, a rat hole by having these flyers printed up, mm-hmm. this information printed up, giving it away to all these people in the hopes that they were going to read it. And maybe some people kept it and read it, but a lot of people just tossed it in the uh, the trash bin when they yeah. came nearby. It always one. reminds me of uh, that Mitch Hedberg joke when somebody hands me a flyer. It's like they're saying, here, you throw this away. Right. <laughs> so instead, I changed my model. And I did this fairly quickly. It only took me like once to really one try to, to see this. Uh, and, and I changed my model and I made it so that I was charging for the flyers uh, and the pamphlets and the mm-hmm. information that I was giving away. It was not a lot, you know, 25 cents for one thing, a dollar for another, and I had like a book that I would sell for 11 bucks. So kind of three mm-hmm. different levels where somebody could just reach in their pocket, throw some change, and get something yeah, to walk Yeah, I always away find selling things below a dollar, people will always buy it because, I mean, hey, you find that in your couch. Right, and and, that, and I believe that was much more effective because then they were paying for it, and they're much more likely to look at something that they've taken the time to pay for than if it's yeah, it, just given for it free. it gives it value. Mm-hmm. Any uh, other thoughts, Nick? Yeah, it's good to hear Frank again after all this time. Um, whatever happened to Dana, who used to call in, and she talked about how she was being uh, abandoned by Medicare or something like that? That's a good question. Uh, I, I don't know. We haven't heard from her in several months, so uh, your mm-hmm. guess is as good as mine. Thanks, well, thanks, Nick, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Uh, one of the things about this show is uh, over the years we've heard different voices, and they've come and they've gone, and, you know, that's the nature of an open phones talk radio show. We don't we don't yeah. know who these people are, and they contribute when they feel like it. It happens. Uh, so one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Circumstances change. People get a job or get a new job or something like that, and they can't listen at the same times. And I understand that. Yeah. Come back when you can. And if you can't come back, that's okay. Yeah. 
We'll Podcasts are always there and archives are there, so you right. can catch up. We'll be here either way. 800-259-9231. The DEA banning synthetic marijuana from StopTheDrugWar.org, which is, by the way, the premier website for people to visit if they are interested in drug war-related news. Because these guys follow the war on drugs, not just in the United States, but also worldwide. And they do a great job. So I highly recommend they uh, their, I think it's a weekly newsletter that comes out with kind of a rundown of all the things that have happened in the, in the last week. And that's where I got this from. Uh, so stopthedrugwar.org. By the time you read these words, the possession and sale of synthetic cannabinoids will be... A federal crime. The DEA announced late Monday afternoon that its emergency rules banning the fake weed would go into effect Tuesday, March 1st. In recent years, synthetic cannabinoids sprayed on herbal matter and marketed as incense under the names including Spice and K2 have become widely available. They're sold at head shops, convenience stores, truck stops, and via the Internet. The effects of such concoctions mimic those of marijuana. And I can say that uh, I tried some of this stuff this past year. Uh, Somebody had some at Mm -hmm. the Porcupine Freedom Festival, and I had the opportunity to sample some. And I don't know. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Well, I tried a different brand of it later on here in Keene. And Mm -hmm. like the first time I did it, I was like, wow, this is better than some of the regular stuff we get around here. Really strong, right? Yeah. I mean, after a while, the effect wears off on you. So Mm -hmm. you... Uh, have to take a break from it for a while, but it works, you know. Yeah, and it tastes like Christmas. Tastes like, well, the, what they're doing, you're right. It's an herbal mixture, and the different brands probably have different yeah. mixtures, and it's, it's literally they say a chemical like burning potpourri on the bag. Yeah, exactly, incense. Uh, so the, it's a chemical though that's sprayed on this uh, this herbal mixture. And the ban was originally scheduled to go into effect on Christmas Eve, but was delayed by legal challenges from retailers, which apparently weren't successful. The ban lists five chemicals commonly used in the compounds. There has been a rapid and significant increase in abuse of these substances in the United States. According to the DEA's notice, the agency is acting to avoid an imminent hazard to public safety, it said. But just as synthetic cannabinoids mimic the effects of herbal marijuana, the adverse effects reported by a subset of users mimic those of herbal marijuana. Those adverse effects include anxiety, paranoia, rapid heartbeat, and nausea, all admittedly unpleasant but not life-threatening. No fake weed overdose deaths have been reported. States have been uh, have not been wanting for the feds to act against this legal high. At least 18 of them have criminalized synthetic cannabinoids, including Utah, Arizona, and Nebraska last week. Well, that'll solve it, Meg. I mean, yeah. they've gone ahead. They've made uh, synthetic marijuana illegal now. And so, well, they can just, you know, wash their hands of this matter. It's all over and done with. No one will ever get their hands on these products ever again. Yeah. It, it's so ridiculous that we're now making things that aren't even really drugs in that same taboo category because now it's like when kids drink Robitussin to get high. It's just so sad to watch that that has to be some illegal thing. Like Sudafed is now sold behind the counter, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it just makes it so ridiculous that people have to break the law to get, an, you know, immature high, I guess. Well, right. And those, <clears throat> those highs are really kind of dangerous too oh, yeah. because somebody drinking, uh, a bunch of Robitussin, they're taking on a whole oh, lot yeah. of chemicals that are not necessary for what they're looking for. What they're looking for is a DXM uh, disassociation yeah. trip. But a lot of those things have a lot of that, um, what is it, the nasal 
passage clearing stuff. Uh, yeah, antihistamines. And yeah, they and have a high acetaminophen. Yeah, and so too much of that stuff, and you can really mess yourself up. Yeah, absolutely. And all of that is because the kids can't find marijuana or something yeah. much more common that would be much Safe. safer. Yeah. Uh, so, but but that's okay, Meg. It's over. It's, this has been outlawed, so no one's ever going to use synthetic marijuana yeah, let's outlaw again. Flooding and dirty diapers while we're at it. One eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. The SACL CAI toll free line. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. How does a cruise to Bermuda sound? How about a cruise to Bermuda with Stefan Molyneux, Wes Bertrand of Complete Liberty, and me? This cruise isn't just a convention on the water, it's an unconference where the event is what you make of it. The boat has an ice skating rink, rock climbing wall, miniature golf, and much more. The ship leaves Bayonne, New Jersey in November 2011. But you need to reserve your berth now. They're as low as $535, double occupancy. Go to cruise.freetalklive.com. Do it today, cruise.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything by dialing in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We'll give you the features there completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Meg. And by the way, speaking of those features, we've got the Shrine of Female listeners with dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or a video showing they are listeners of this program. You can go to shrine.freetalklive.com to see those uh, and be, if you are a lady listener, part of the Shrine by going and getting the details at shrine.freetalklive.com. And imagine opening your front door and coming face-to-face with your identity thief, the criminal who wasn't content to steal from your bank accounts or use your credit cards. This guy knows where you live, and he's staking out your house and watching your family. That's what Fox News reported about one woman. Fortunately, she'd advanced warning from LifeLock. She said, without LifeLock, she wouldn't have known thieves were coming and added that LifeLock services are legit. They do what they say that they'll do, and it's worth it. Now, we here at Free Talk Live don't want you to suffer the personal and financial firestorm that identity theft can bring. So protect yourself and your family with the same identity theft program that uh, we're using here at Free Talk Live LifeLock. Uh, You can join us in protecting those you love and the things that you've worked so hard for from the ravages of identity theft this year. And we've got it uh, so you can get a 60 bonus Uh, 60 bonus days of LifeLock protection. So call now to get that 60-day bonus by calling 1-800-242-2693. That's 800-242-2693. That's for LifeLock. You get the 60-day bonus if you call that number, 800-242-2693. And that'd be a good thing to invest in. I was just complaining about how something so minor as a little 99-cent purchase made in my name has really screwed with my life so those things are good 1-800-259-9231 is our call-in number you can use that to get on the air here and bring up whatever you want but we we're just telling you about how the dea has banned synthetic cannabinoids which is something that uh, the marketplace br- brilliantly came up with as a workaround for the ban and on a really funny name too. on a plant <laughs> um and so what um, what they've done here is they've they banned this across the country after about 18 states had already banned it at the state level. And I guess it took effect on March 1st. So whether or not you can actually buy this stuff at head shops at this point is pretty, pretty questionable. I imagine that it's being pulled off the shelves uh, as we speak and being sold yeah. in the black market. <laughs> yeah. Because the 
companies that are making these products, some of them are overseas. So there's no reason why uh, – I believe some of the manufacturers are Chinese. So there's no reason why the products, the Spice and K2 or some of the brand names, are going to stop being manufactured mm-hmm. uh, because it's, it's probably still completely legal to have these products in many other countries around the world. So there's yeah. still a market to sell this legally. And because of that, they will still likely have people bringing these uh, these products in yeah. the black market. Which is really, really sad. Like I said, the price is going to go up. And Mm -hmm. so you're going to be paying and taking the same risk to get fake drugs as you would to get real drugs. Well, I guess that's a good question is how will the black market respond here? Because it may be the case that the spice may not be as easy to catch Mm -hmm. as marijuana. But if you think about it. These products, I'm looking at one of the the packages here. It's a sealed package. Mm -hmm. Like the spice comes in this little, uh, little tiny little sealed pack that most marijuana is not being necessarily shipped around in the, Mm -hmm. the, the, these kind of sealed packages where dogs can easily sniff out a pound of marijuana in your Mm -hmm. car. But would it be as easy to sniff out spice or K2, which aren't the same? They're not the same herb. They're herbal mixtures of fully legal herbs. And I think it also might be a good transition. Transition for those people who like are very anti-drug but want to try the high feeling ones. It might you think? be. I don't know because I've heard that this can be much more intense than average I, I cannabis. I have heard that, but think about just coming like from me. I, I know I came from a very. I was afraid of drugs my whole life, and the first time I tried them, I was very scared and everything like that. So having a transition thing like this might have been easier for me to accept because I was like, okay, it's not drugs; it's it's fake drugs. Mm-hmm. So. I'll get the feeling, but it won't be the bad chemicals that I'm not supposed to put in my body because they're dangerous and they'll kill me, you know? Yeah, I don't know what to expect out of this, honestly. I mean, yeah, it, it might very well kill the product. I mean, mm-hmm. if people can, you know, take the same risk and get real drugs, why would they bother with this other than, you know, the whole. I don't know. I, I think there are <laughs> reasons. I can come up with reasons. Like, for instance, have you ever had moldy weed? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that sucks. I mean, when you buy a bag of weed and... Also, this might be easier to hide from parents. They wouldn't know. You could just say it was some incense Incense. That's what it's labeled. Yeah. So I think there are some reasons why this may stay alive in the black market. A, the companies are still going to be able to stay out there and selling yeah. on the legal market, so the products will still be manufactured. It will then just be up to the smugglers to bring them in and sell them on the black market. But also, the, it may be a more stable product. Like, well, does this not... show up in uh, drug testing? Another good question. I don't I don't yeah. have an answer to that. I mean, that. that might be a good enough reason to keep it around. Good question. If you have the answer to that question, I'd love to hear it at 800-259-9231. We may be able to Google around yeah. and, and figure that out. Uh, but yeah, that may be another point. Uh, and plus, just the freshness factor. I mean, when you're dealing with marijuana, the actual product cannabis, uh, the plant, you're dealing with flowers, dried flowers from a plant. And... The black market is entirely in control of this product. There aren't any legal cannabis manufacturers that are shipping marijuana that's being smuggled in. All of the people that are that are growing marijuana and packaging it for sale are of the illegal type. It's mm-hmm. a complete black market operation. Whereas this is a product that's being manufactured in a uh, laboratory environment in places like China. So it's not an entirely black market. It's more of a gray market kind yeah. of situation where the product is legal in some places. They, they have the product labeled. You know, it's pre-measured right. into, I don't know, nice looking 
bags. Correct, and... which means it's being taken care of in a much more professional manner, yeah. which means that these people know what to do as far as treating the product. Like you say, you know, they're, they're putting it in uh, sealed packages. Yeah, it's not with... by some creepy, you know, sandwich bag with a leftover pickle in it. You know? <laughs> right. I mean, that's obviously, a, you know, an exaggeration. Yeah, but... but, but you know, the, the marijuana is harvested at a certain time of year, and then it goes into uh, these, and I'm speaking very generally here, of a like, mm-hmm. large-scale operation. Obviously, you've got the small-time growers that harvest their pot, and they sell it directly to their consumers. Mm-hmm. But like on the, the, the kind of the drug gang scale, you've got massive amounts of marijuana that are being harvested, that are being like put into um, hay baling machines, essentially, yeah. to turn them into bricks, like 25, 50-pound, 100-pound bricks, or whatever. Uh, and then those bricks are being shipped around to different places to different maybe more lower uh, low high level or mid level uh, distributors they then take those bricks and they unbrick them and they they make them into pounds and quarter pounds and they sell those down the line and then it ends up in the hands of the street level dealer that takes that quarter pound that he's bought and puts that in a sandwich baggie mm-hmm. like you were saying and it's you know being sold out on the streets yeah. but it, that process may take months and in that time and it may be even longer than that because uh, I've known somebody in the past who told me that he was at one of these facilities where they were doing you know essentially this bailing of mm-hmm. the marijuana and he saw pallets of marijuana bricks just pallets of them just sitting there just sitting there out in the open in this warehouse and some of that had been there for months because they'd had yeah. they had this huge harvest but they have to sell it out over time because there's certain times of the year where it's not really being harvested and mm-hmm. so it just sits there and gets old and, and the product gross. the product breaks down yeah. and it, by the time it gets to your house if it's moist enough out you end up getting you could have have mold growing on that product and if the if the synthetic stuff doesn't suffer mm-hmm. from those issues it could be a fresher more high demand also project. just found product. it does not show up in drug tests good to know more coming up you take control free talk live we wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers their three dollars per month helps us spread free talk live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want. Dial in toll-free, take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231. That number brought to you by SACL CAI. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Uh, joining you tonight, it is Ian. And Meg. So we're talking about the DEA's banning of synthetic cannabinoids, which is kind of a, a legal or was a legal version <laughs> of marijuana, which was being created in a laboratory environment, being distributed through fully legal channels. And of course, the all the attention given to it by the news media, of course, spreads the word about this mm-hmm. uh, this product. It actually encourages people to learn about this. Because if nobody had ever talked about it in the media, it probably wouldn't have spread as yeah. fast. Of course, we have the internet. So the I just read an article of a cop complaining, your kids are getting high on this stuff. How many kids read that and been like, yeah. hey, this is legal and I get can get some. this? Yeah. So we're talking about what this ban and what, it is, what it's going to mean and whether or not this product is still going to stay in the black market. And... How are the police going to identify this product? I mean, okay, yeah, you can tell them, look out for Spice and K2, mm-hmm. but it's not like, you know, the, if you've looked at this stuff, it's just like this herbal blend. They yeah. take different herbs, they blend it together, they spray a chemical on it, but it's not 
identifiable at a glance. You can't look yeah. at it like a marijuana, like a bag of marijuana. It looks and say, like the little sachet of perfume stuff that you put in your drawer with your socks to keep them sure. fresh or something like that. I mean, if you were to put it in a bag like that, I don't think the cops could tell the difference. Right. So I don't know. They certainly at this point don't have any kind of uh, I'm, I'm not you know, obviously I'm not a lawyer, but I don't think mm. they have any kind of testing for this uh, sort of no, thing. The only way they're going to be able to do this is by arresting people that have anything of plant, suspect. Yeah. Anything of plant matter on them at all. And Which of course is scary. Testing it later. Yeah. That's even scarier. And I'm glad that we got to this point in this discussion because that means that if there is no way to eyeball it, which they have with marijuana, I mean, every cop is trained to smell marijuana. They mm-hmm. know what it smells like. They know what it looks like. This stuff, there's no particular smell. Yeah. There's no well, particular look. Like I said, it, it smells like Christmas. And it's a chemical that is sprayed on this herbal mixture. Presumably, they could spray it on something else as mm-hmm. well. I don't know what that would mean or how that would be you know, marketed. But uh, they're not going to be able to eyeball this one. Yeah. And so they're going to have to take you, arrest you, send it off to a lab for chemical analysis to find out if it is one of the, I guess... They've, they've, I guess they've made it technically illegal to have certain types of uh, this substance. There are, I guess, different, I don't know if the analogs are the right term, but mm-hmm. they're kind of related uh, chemicals that maybe there's only like one or two minor changes yeah. to the actual chemical structure. And so they've, they've outlawed four of those chemical structures. It, it's like, what are they going to do now? Start outlawing like certain bands of DNA, you know, like. Mm. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah. What, what, how can they do that? I mean, what if you accidentally made this stuff in your kitchen one day? Well, you'd be a, you'd be a criminal. <laughs> uh, so they banned five, excuse me, five chemicals commonly used in these uh, compounds. So it's going to become a very, very difficult uh, process to enforce this particular ban. It's going to be easy. Yeah. The, the easy part is going to be for the DEA or local police agencies to go into a local head shop now. Yeah, because, harass the stores. Right, because the ban just went into effect last week. So yeah. right now you've probably got a bunch of store owners who have no clue that this has been made illegal. Because yeah. how else would you know? I mean, yeah. it's not like they're going to give you a courtesy call to let you know. Plus, to, I mean, the store workers, you kind of have to assume they use their products so they might not quite be, you know, reading all the employee memos coming through from sure. their boss. And most of these places are, like, locally owned anyway. I mean, so. I would imagine the average head shop owner is to some extent following the news yeah. about his products. <laughs> but on the other hand, there's a lot of businesses out there that were selling these things. They mentioned yeah. truck stops. They mentioned head shops and uh, online as well. So mm-hmm. um, many and people I may not know. They're maybe just hoping that people will be stupid enough to, like, leave it in its original packaging and mm-hmm. they'll find it that way. But... You know, the moment this stuff goes illegal, you know, all you got to do is buy it, tip it over into a different bag. That's right. Good luck, cops. Yeah. Good luck with this. And because I, I, there are all kinds of reasons. Now, we're, essentially, the more we're talking about it, the more I can see that people should use this in the black market as opposed to a real cannabis. Well, because there are all kinds of reasons for it. Yeah, I mean, there are. But then again, cannabis is natural cannabis, and maybe yeah, that's better. Yeah, it does have its know. perks and this has its perks, too. I mean, this stuff burns pretty hot and so you can really burn your throat on it and stuff like that well and also it's synthetic so it's not natural there's Mm -hmm. that aspect plus with cannabis you've got these different strains and different breeds which Mm -hmm. some people will tell you that that means that there's kind of different highs that are involved whereas this it's the same chemical you're buying every single Mm -hmm. time and it doesn't work as good after the first time that's probably why it's one of the reasons i think why like you know they say when you you shampoo you should shampoo with different shampoos or whatever like the same thing with with cannabis if you are smoking the same plant Mm -hmm. the same 
same strain over and over again, it's going to wear down on you. Mm-hmm. But if you change that up, then it may be a little bit um, newer for you when, yeah. you when you make that change. And that's and why the first time this. I did this, I was just like lying on a couch for a good 20 right. minutes, like unable to move. So your thoughts are welcome. Let's go to the Amp Lines unscreen caller. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Meg. Hi, this is Matt from Illinois. Hey, Matt, go ahead with your thoughts tonight. Well, I wanted to let you know um, that I got in trouble the other day. My daughter brought over her boyfriend and visited me. as the first time I'd met her boyfriend, and we were at, at my house, and I got in trouble for showing him porn. Whoa. How old was this guy? Uh, he's 20. And who got you in trouble? Well, you know, they were sitting, uh, they were both sitting there, and I was showing him something on the computer that I was interested in, and... Uh, I, uh, my daughter happened, you know, to be there, and she saw it too, and she was mad at me for showing her uh, boyfriend porn because she, uh, she considers that he's cheating on her, or what? Well, I don't know. See, I took her. I, I showed him the shrine of female listeners. That was what was considered <laughs> porn. <laughs> well, there are some racy photos. Everybody go now. Well, I'm sorry, Matt. Say again. Yeah. My, my daughter apparently uh, considered a, a couple of the more interesting pictures pornography. I see. There, it's true. Meg is right. There are some pictures that uh, maybe you know some some body parts are suggested. It's just body parts. Come yeah. on. It's, I wouldn't call that porn. I see tons of grandma ones at the Y. Nobody is having sex on the Shrine of Female Listeners. No Yet. one is uh, playing with themselves <laughs> on the Shrine of Female Listeners. So to my... I wouldn't have... Hmm? I wouldn't have considered it porn either. No. I, I was kind of taken aback when I heard that. Yeah, but, nudity um, is not porn, and people need to get that in their heads, because that just makes people afraid of nudity as well as sex, and it's right. all ridiculous. I think, that, I think that part of the problem was, uh, a lot of the problem was, is, is that I, I'm her father, and she did not expect me to be showing pictures of other women. <laughs> Ew, <to> Dad! <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. tough to think about your parents as sexual beings. That's a good point. Matt, anything else you want to share tonight? No, I just thought that was a funny story that you should uh, know about. I was amused, and I thank you for the call. I appreciate it. At 800-259-9231, that number brought to you by SACL CAI. He's mentioning our Shrine of Female yeah. listeners. For those that don't know, you can go to shrine.freetalklive.com, and you can see the shrine there and the ladies that have sent their pictures that range, you know, from, as you mentioned, racy a little bit uh, down to, you know, very, very uh, prim and proper, I mm-hmm. suppose, and all everything in between. But for the most part, it's just people with their clothes yeah. on. I mean, there's maybe a handful of people that... And there's not like anything full on nude. I mean, they're usually no, I don't think so. covering up, you know, with the free talk live sign or something. Correct. Like that. Correct. I, so it's suggestive. I, it's not. There are so many ladies on there. I hesitate to say there isn't anything with uh, like a little bit of nudity, but I don't think there is. No, I don't believe I there are any uh, any nudity. whatsoever. I, I haven't really been there a lot. I I remember checking it at one point and seeing some of them that I was like, oh, wow. She took her shirt off for this picture, so and that's cool. Yeah, but to to label that, even if there were uh, nude photos on yeah, the shrine, to label no that porn, porn. Is, is really, uh, it's lame. Yeah, I lived in Van Nuys. I know porn. <laughs> the place is dirty. <laughs> is that where a lot of the, it's being shot at? Oh, I rented out my apartment garage to porn shoots. Porn? <laughs> yeah, 2000 a month, you can't beat that. Wait, you got paid two grand a month to yeah. let porn shoot in your garage? Yeah, I just made the rule they had to bring their own bathroom. Really? They put, brought a porta potty out mm-hmm. and everything? Incredible. Yeah. I mean, it, 
more and more porn gets made every day. It's a huge industry. So pornography, it, it, sometimes it amazes me, like how much porn can be made and supported by people. Yeah. But uh, it works apparently. Um, but somebody yeah, porn, out there likes everything. I think porn is inherently sexual, and if you are finding the naked human form sexual, sexual, then that's a little weird. Yeah. I don't know. 800-259-9231. Your thoughts are certainly welcome. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. We invite you to take control of the airwaves. Just dial in toll-free. Bring up what you want. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Meg. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you features for free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, go to promote.freetalklive.com. you get a whole list of things that you can do there to help support the show, to get the word out about Free Talk Live. We've got everything from flyers uh, that you can print out to a business card graphics that you can have printed out. We've got all kinds of other stuff. Web banners. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. And if you are of college age, that is if you're undergraduate, graduate, or recent graduate, uh, you can intern for Liberty. Make a difference, ex- uh, get experience, and get paid. The Institute for Humane Studies is looking for you for its summer internship programs. They have internships in all types of journalism and public policy, and their internship includes a generous stipend, housing assistance, career workshops, and training throughout the summer. Visit libertarianinternships.com for more information and get signed up to receive updates and reminders. That's libertarianinternships.com. Great opportunities yeah. for people that want to get I had involved. Those. <laughs> right? Yeah, those didn't. I don't know. Maybe they existed a decade ago, but I certainly didn't know about them. So good for the Institute for Humane Studies for for offering that for for young folks. Let's continue here with Bill in Oklahoma. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Meg. Uh, hi guys, I I appreciate you taking my call. Two sure, quick Paul. things, real quick. Uh, first, I want to chime in about the drugs thing. I I don't understand why uh, organizations like the DEA assuming that, that this is the group that was responsible for the banning of the fake marijuana. It is, um, yes. Why they have to go all, uh, you know, make a new idiotic law when they could just follow their local brethren, like the local cops, and just ban anything and call anything a controlled substance. Because now, basically, if you, you get pulled over and, you, you know, you have a glassy eye or you know, they even suspect you might be on something, uh, whether it's Tylenol or NyQuil or, you know, uh, a carton of milk, you know, that's a controlled substance. You're going to go to jail for it. And I don't see why, you know, we have to make a a, a law specifically outlawing something when we can just easily just put everything under one blanket law. Well, because then it makes more paperwork, which, uh, you know, gets more money in there because now they've got this new substance they've got to be fighting. So they need all Uh this uh, research and equipment and you know, everything else. So every new law, every new thing that they ban, they it's an grow. increase in bureaucracy, yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, my second thing, real quick, uh, uh, it was from a last night's discussion about child porn. Uh, I had a discussion with a friend of mine uh, who happens to be uh, in some sort of legal uh, capacity, and he was telling me that, that there's a new technique that law enforcement agents are given a green light to use, and that is they're uh, sticking uh, either still photographs or uh, video 
of what they would perceive to be a young-looking uh, female on uh, on a website, like a, uh, an, uh, like a uh, aggregating website. Once that uh, that uh, that image or that video gets to the top page, if someone were to go to that page at that specific time, the web browser catches caches the photo. Mm-hmm. The photo is then cached to the hard drive. Instant uh, uh, charge of possession is. Uh, uh, can be uh, contributed. Two days later, they knock down the door, they charge somebody with uh, child porn, even if that wasn't their immediate intent. And I thought that was just scummy. So let me see if uh, I'm understanding the- what you're saying. You're saying that the feds are putting, or the cops are putting a picture of child porn on a website where they would send someone to visit and then because it would be cached on their like they would be like in a chat room or something and they would say hey you want to see a picture you go look at this page they would go and look at it it'd be cached in their internet browser and even if the person said oh god i don't want to see that and hit the back button you're saying that that would be enough to to get a conviction right because you have a put you're in possession of child what they would consider possession of child pornography now there's a lot of open ending there is like is that photo really child pornography but nobody really knows because nobody can trace it back if the feds say it's child porn well that's good enough for the judge and that's not that's not considered entrapment by the fact that the feds are planting child porn essentially in places where they will be found uh but you know they'll be pointing people toward well, no, it's not considered entrapment because a person ha- uh, has a desire to visit the porn site, and so they're taking they're, they're taking chances by going to the. So porn they're site, only putting them on the, the porn sites. They're, they're putting them on. Well, somebody's putting them on the porn site. It's just the end result is they get slapped with uh, a uh, child pornography charge. I guess I don't really understand what you're saying. Maybe you can clarify it for me because I feel a little lost. Yeah. What site are they putting this on? It, it mostly what any sites? adult site. Any adult site that you can access through your web browser that aggregates video or picture content. Okay, so like a like a like a porn tube or something like that yeah, where exactly. where the moder- the, uh, the the moderators may not be aware of all of the content that is being posted by its users. Right. And then would the federal agent or police officer be then telling someone to go and visit this website, some sort of mark, someone they're trying to arrest? Nobody knows exactly how the the, the, the mark person is approached. We don't. I mean, mm-hmm. all they know is that you know it's kind of suspicious that they visit a site had no intention of, of visiting a what they considered a child pornography site. It was supposed to be eighteen and over. Two days later, they're getting harassed by by federal or by somebody from either local or federal. Now you said you've just heard this from someone, or have you actually seen some sort of corroborating evidence? No, this was secondhand through uh, a, a, a okay. legal friend of mine who's a, a lawyer. It's an interesting it, story, it and I thank you for the call tonight, Bill. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. Yeah, there's no in my mind that the feds do like mean, shady things like that to people sure. just to you know, create work for themselves, I guess. But at the same time, I don't always jump to the conclusion that it's the feds now because I used to be like that, and I used to be very paranoid and just think that they were behind everything. And I realized I was making connections where connections weren't to be made because at some level you have to realize these people are stupid and bureaucracy is very stupefying as well. And so some of these things just seem a bit far-fetched. True, but here in in our very own uh, Keene, New Hampshire, they actually have a police officer who's on duty job is to essentially troll the internet for uh, oh, yeah. you know, people that are interested in getting pictures of teenagers. Which 
it seems like a waste of time. I mean, I absolutely <laughs> agree with that. I mean, essentially, what his isn't job on the internet. Well, and and his job is. I think really slimy because his role is essentially to go and masquerade as like a teenage boy, mm-hmm. go into chat rooms and try to get somebody to, you know, send him or I guess accept a picture or to, you know, meet up with him in real life. Yeah. And, and, and that's, I feel like that's entrapment. I mean, I'm not, I don't know what the yeah. legal definition of entrapment is. I'm not a lawyer, but it certainly sounds entrapping to me. I mean, yeah. if somebody is in a chat room and somebody appears to be a, a teenager who's interested in some sort of sexual activity, you'd think that would send off some red flags first off. But nonetheless, that's someone who's approaching you and is saying, Hey, this is something that I want. Yeah. And so it's a consensual, if there were an actual teenager behind that account, it would be a consensual act. And, and because there's not a teenager behind the account, where's the crime? The crime yeah. is in the thought of wanting to go that and do something. Definition right? of thought crime yeah. right there. I mean, like, yes, maybe the people had intention on acting on those. Maybe, or maybe they would have. What does an who intention knows? matter, though? Yeah. Maybe he would have, the person who had the intention would have had his intentions wash away when he met the person and realized, oh, crap, this really is, you know, this person's younger than I thought. Or, you know, yeah. the, okay, I've, I'm having second thoughts about this. And a, a lot of people probably, I mean, online is the best place to be anonymous. And so they probably go out and live out these things that maybe they can't live out in real life online and that's their outlet because you know they have that outlet and so if you take that away from them who knows maybe they'll you know not have that outlet anymore and have to go prey Mm -hmm. on the kids your thoughts are welcome at 800-259-9231 that is the SACL CAI toll free line we'll have to talk more about uh, the Cuba situation tomorrow because this is kind of a detailed piece that I wanted to uh, to get into Cuba looking at slashing over 500,000 state jobs across the country mm. and that's a lot of positions because well Cuba is a communist country yeah. and so most people work for the state so yeah. they're really talking about what is a significant change for the uh, for the island country and of course it's a result of uh, Fidel Castro being on the outs and his mm-hmm. brother Raul now kind of being in charge of the country and some of the I don't know, for lack of a better term, more market reforms that are, uh, are going on over there. I mean, we're still we'll talking call them about that. right. We're still talking about Cuba. It's not going to turn into a, a market paradise or anything like that. But more things have happened since Fidel Castro has been gone mm-hmm. that have never happened in a long, long time uh, in in Cuba. Which and I guess progress for them is good. I think know? so. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a little bit. It's something. Uh, but what's happening, apparently, is that the government of Cuba can't figure out how to cut the 500,000 jobs. <laughs> so we'll tell you more about that tomorrow night. And it has been Ian here with you. And Meg. By the way, I want to remind you about Meg's website. It's libertyflare.com. You just got some orders recently. Yeah. And you've got uh, great little one-inch buttons that people can get to start conversations and wear around and mm-hmm. promote the ideas of liberty and various different liberty-oriented organizations. Yep. And liber- cheap, cheap, cheap. Yes, yes. Libertyflare.com. Visit Meg there. We'll see you tomorrow night online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. You know the Constitution like the back of your hand. You've read books, listened to podcasts, attended lectures, surfed websites, and watched videos. You've made liberty your life's goal, but something seems to be missing. Stickers from LibertyStickers.com. Exercise your freedom of speech with the world's most dangerous bumper stickers. That's LibertyStickers.com. But wait. 
There's more. You can buy Liberty Snickers wholesale. Get them for 99 cents each when you put 100 or more in your shopping cart in any combination. Sell them or give them away. They're great for gun shows, flea markets, fairs, outreach, and more. Earn extra money, promote freedom, and spread the word. Need custom stickers, labels, or decals for your organization or business? Liberty Stickers makes them. Go to LibertyStickers.com to order or call 877-873-9626. LibertyStickers.com, the world's most dangerous stickers. <laughs> 